Colorado is fortunate to be home of one of the most vibrant nonprofit communities in the U.S., with more than 20,000 nonprofit organizations improving the quality of life. The Colorado Nonprofit Association lives in the epicenter of this community, and you'll hear from CEO Paul Levine how his awesome organization not only serves its members with tons of great resources, but provides a strong voice for this important sector when it comes to public policy and legislation on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I am honored to have a conversation with Paul Levine, President and CEO of the Colorado Nonprofit Association. Paul has 25 years of experience in community building, resource development, political affairs, and nonprofit management. Prior to joining the Colorado Nonprofit Association, Paul served as CEO of Swallow Hill Music, heard of it, and before that led the Aurora Public Schools Foundation, heard of that one too, as executive director. He also served as chief operating officer of the Denver 2008 Convention Host Committee and as chief operating officer of Mile High United Way, another one I've heard of. Paul has been at the forefront of successful local and political and public affairs campaigns, including campaign finance reform efforts at the National Civic League, managing congressional campaigns in Colorado and Alabama, and serving as a legislative assistant to U.S. Congresswoman Diana DeGette. Paul also managed Hickenlooper for mayor in 2003. Wow. As a political consultant, he led the Coalition for a Better Colorado and assisted the American Red Cross Mile High Chapter. He serves on the board of directors of the Denver Metro Chamber Leadership Foundation, is an alumnus of Leadership Denver, holds a law degree from Vermont Law School, and is a graduate of the Colorado College. Go Tigers and welcome Paul. Go Tigers. Jay, thank you so much for uh, that amazing introduction and for uh, having uh, having Colorado Nonprofit Association on your show today. Well, awesome. Well, describe the mission of Colorado Nonprofit Association as somebody that doesn't know anything about what you do. You know, the, 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 the mission is of uh, the association is to improve the lives of Coloradans across the state through the work of nonprofit organizations. We do that through our advocacy work as we fight for legislation and public policy uh, at the statewide level, working with our statewide elected officials. We do that through our education and publications as we help to increase organizational health and build capacity amongst our nonprofit organizations and the professionals and volunteers that make up those organizations. And we do that through networking and partnerships, running programs that bring together peers uh, within the nonprofit sector and doing that by bringing together the private, the nonprofit, and the public sector to help leverage resources, build partnerships, um, uh, and drive social capital into the work that we're doing. Awesome. I've, I've personally benefited from some of those. But talk to us about how Colorado really has one of the more robust and innovative nonprofit sectors in the country. You know, I, I, I love that question. We have some 20,000 uh, nonprofits in the state of Colorado. 20,000. 20,000. We have 330,000 professionals that work in those nonprofits, more employees in this sector than agriculture, IT, and mining combined. Wow. Although please don't say that to our ag and mining and IT friends. Um, <laughs> we represent 
10% of the state's economy. Uh, we drive wow. billion dollars of economic impact in our state every year. Uh, and so this sector is economically significant, filling the gaps uh, that are left behind from that can't be filled or aren't filled right. by the private in the, in the public sector, right. um, giving, giving voice uh, to, to those that need voice, um, yeah. uh, feeding the hungry, everything that the sector does uh, is, is just inspiring and incredible. Well, think of that with 20,000 organizations, you'd be hard pressed to find anything that wasn't being served. That's what, one of the things I always used to love about Colorado gives days when they get people together and you'd see all these organizations that has to be different here because it can't be like that everywhere. Right. I mean, that kind of makes Colorado a bit of an outlier. Well, you know, we, we have a, an incredibly robust nonprofit sector uh, across the country, and I won't say that Colorado is is near the top of of what our what our sector provides, but we're definitely uh, up there. We we just met with representatives from the country of Georgia that run nonprofits. They were here wow. on, a, on a on a learning tour, aided by the State Department, and we walked away from that conversation truly uh, thinking how blessed we are in this country that we yeah. have the robust nonprofit uh, sector that we have. Right. Um, but here in here in Colorado, uh, I think we're we're aided by a few things. One is we have a, a rich DNA that's built around collaboration, that's built around uh, shared responsibility and vision uh, and leadership. And, and we see that take uh, take hold in our sector each and every day. And I'll just give a special shout out to Carter Gives Day and our friends at, at, at Community First Foundation who do such an incredible job yeah. uh, bringing our donor community together uh, right. through those efforts. Right. Well, you know, you do what I would say a traditional member organization does. You offer great trainings, um, networking events, education, data, all top shelf stuff there. But I think one of the cool, super cool things that the organization does, that I'd love you to talk about it a little bit, is your work on public policy. I think that's a bit of a, uh, of a differentiator for you and something that's right in your wheelhouse, obviously, and a flag that I think you're carrying for the, for the industry. Uh, the the association is it really is the voice for the sector, and we lead on issues that affect the entire sector that yeah. help to uh, uh, make our make our nonprofit organizations stronger, right. but also help to improve the underlying conditions within communities. Um, mm -hmm. But we'll also support on um, on what I refer to as verticals. So if it's mental health, we'll support mental health legislation or healthcare or environment or homeless service providers. And so really there is just a tremendous amount of work for us to do uh, as we as we help to be that voice for the sector, building an army of our of our nonprofit uh, professionals and volunteers as we change policy and change laws uh, to make our work uh, that much that much more effective and impactful. I'd, I'd be guilty of this too. You, you think, oh, you know, politics, no thanks. But why is it important for nonprofit leaders to be savvy about what's going on locally and nationally in legislatures and in politics? Well, you know, I think I think the biggest thing is that that we are impacted each and every day by the laws right. that are created, right. um, and and as citizens, 
it's our it's our duty. It's our responsibility to be civically engaged, right. to take part in those conversations and to help uh, influence our, our legislators to bring the knowledge and the education to our legislators. So they're making the best decisions that they can for, uh, you know, each and every one of our communities across the state. Right. Well, and then then talk a little bit also about all the other great stuff that you guys do. I know you've got a series of great events coming up. You have amazing resources on your website. You do all sorts of cool things for the members. Talk about that a little bit. Well, we we are we are uh, getting out and about this October. We're visiting five different communities with half day uh, conferences uh, as a way to bring communities together. We're going to be in Vail, in Grand Junction, in Durango, Fort Collins, and Colorado Springs, uh, and then we'll we'll culminate all that with a full day here in Denver, where we're going to explore a lot of the topics that are on everybody's minds uh, currently, which are. How do you hire and retain staff? Yeah. Um, uh, how do you build cultures, uh, you know, strong cultures that, that mm-hmm. drive missions forward? And are, are we doing this remotely or in person or hybrid? Right. And there are so many issues that we're tackling now around human resource uh, wow. uh, issues. So we're really going to be taking that that on head first. Um, but we're excited to 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 be getting out in, in around the community um, really for the first time uh, since COVID. We're, we're doing this tour. I would say one of the most important publications that we have is called Principles and Practices uh, of Nonprofit Excellence in Colorado. And we've been producing that uh, for about 20 years now. We've been uh, we're on our fourth edition. We're looking at what is the fifth edition look like in in wow. past years. Uh, it's just been a great uh, uh, publication that you can download and you can see, okay, what are the best practices for communications or strategic planning, fund development, board, board uh, service, right. uh, and governance. Uh, and uh, in the next year, we're going to be putting that online, making it searchable, uh, more user-friendly, wow. attaching examples and templates for each one of the practices that, that we work on. Right now, That's those exciting. documents live in two different places and we're going to marry them uh, and really kind of give all of our nonprofits uh, an easier chance to uh, help improve them, their, their own organizations, but all of our trainings that we do then align with our principles and practices, all of the work that we do align with those principles and practices. So it really is the, you know, the bringing together of all those thoughts and ideas. Right. Well, and one thing I love is somebody said, Nonprofit is basically just a tax code, but you're still a business. You know this from running nonprofits. A lot of what the association does is provide people ways on running a business. Yeah, it would be great to see nonprofits work, in fact, more like businesses, right. businesses to continue to think and act more like nonprofits right. as, as the private sector has mm-hmm. uh, really driven home uh, this idea of, of, of social consumers versus value uh, right. consumers uh, right. in, in corporate social responsibility programs right. and uh, environmental and social and governance uh, mindsets. Right. Um, and as we bring uh, our nonprofit sector and our and our private sector together, uh, I think there's a lot that we can learn in our nonprofit sector about how do we how do we take risks? How do we be more innovative in the work that we're doing so that we can meet the needs more effectively? And and how do we join ourselves uh, with 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 companies and businesses right. uh, to really drive uh, those resources in a different way, not just dollars, um, right. but, but human resource skills, yeah. experience, knowledge that we can take advantage of. 
Well, I love that's such a great point that I never thought of before of the the for profits acting more like nonprofits because you talk about the war on talent and retention and everything else that's become such a huge deal is purpose, you know, and making things better. That's where nonprofits live. Um, One thing I want to touch on is, you know, most nonprofits invest a lot of time, a lot of energy in creating strategic plans. You know, people change, environments change, pandemics hit. Um, As somebody who's really a change management expert, what kind of advice would you give to nonprofit leaders as far as staying true to a vision and and a plan? You know, uh, plans are great. Strategic plans are great as long as they don't uh, get written and then get put on the shelf. Right. A great plan will create guardrails. It'll it'll say this is what the organization is going to focus on. Uh, this is what we're going to do really well. And that allows uh, an organization, uh, folks in the organization to say no to everything else, because oftentimes I love that uh, you want to decorate the Christmas tree, right? You just one more <laughs> ornament, one more thing. And <gasps> those organizations that get to say no to everything and say, we're going to focus on what our strategic plan is, what our strategic goals and objectives are. Yep. Um, uh, those are the those are the organizations that really that really shine through, you know, uh, anymore. Uh, trying to come up with a time-bound strategic plan, a three-year, a five-year, a seven-year right. strategic plan um, may be limiting because uh, what we've learned is organizations that have that have really uh, come out on the other side um, stronger and better are those that are nimble, those that are thinking innovatively and creatively, those that uh, can move on a dime. And so, uh, well, I, I, you know, strategic planning is critically important, but mm-hmm. how do we think about strategic planning that also allows us that flexibility to get to that goal and objective. Yeah, that's um, that is some master level stuff there. And I'll be going back and listening to this again to take some (laughs) notes. You know, as you look back, what have been some really bedrock leadership principles that you've leaned on throughout your career? Culture and teams matter and they're hard conversations. Yeah, but it doesn't take. It, it, it doesn't take much in terms of um, toxic employees to weigh down an entire organization and and creating teams uh, that all pull in the same direction is uh, it, critically important. Right? right. That's that's the number one thing. And building culture is an intentional act. Um, and and, you know, what what culture works in one organization may be slightly different in a different organization. Right. Um, but keeping your eye on 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 the culture that you're creating and how everyone is pulling in the same direction is is critically important. Um, having hard conversations with staff, um, with compassion, with empathy, but hard conversations to make sure that um, that you have the right teams in the right seats doing the right work, uh, and they're also fulfilling their passion because right. you know the worst thing for anybody is to be coming to a job day in and day out that they kind of don't really like, but they're punching the clock, right? right. It happens in the private sector. It happens yeah, in, in, in the nonprofit sector. Yep. Um, uh, and so, you know, uh, in that same vein, finding those things in staff members and in, in employees where you can invest in their pro- professional growth in their own capacity to learn and grow that, that goes so long, such, such a, such a long way, not only with that employee, but with uh, staff morale and overall culture and yeah. the, the organizational health. So that's like first and foremost on my mind. 
Well, and that has to be hard lessons learned from political campaigns. I always think are so fascinating because it's such an intense drive in such a short period of time with a singular vision. That's where a lot of you've had to have learned a lot of these lessons the hard way, for lack of a better term. Sure. I mean, political campaigns are are bound by people and time and money. Yep. Those are the three limiting factors <laughs> yep. in like construction you know, projects. Right. You know, as long as you get those right, uh, you'll you'll see a lot of success. Can you I know you haven't been at, at the, the association for that long, but do you have a favorite success story that you'd like to share? A, a favorite success story. You know, we we have really been doing uh, such good work on so many different fronts. Yeah. Uh, uh, putting putting a team in place that's really clicking on all cylinders, and we have fun, and that's we understand the importance of of our work, but we have fun together. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things we did at the state capitol this year was we helped to lead an advocacy effort to create a $35 million pool of funds out of wow. ARPA, uh, out of the American Relief uh, uh, Act funds federally. Uh, and that pool of $35 million will be granted out to small nonprofits all over our state with specific emphasis on, on our rural communities. And I would say if there's one, that was a that was a huge, uh, um, a, 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 you know, a huge win for for our state. Also in the legislative uh, uh, session signed into law is an expansion of uh, tax credits for homeless service providers um, wow. uh, previously. T- tax credits were, were limited to homeless service providers right. that did their work in enterprise zones. Right. Now you don't have to be in an enterprise zone. Those uh, tax credits are available to anybody that gives uh, to a fantastic. homeless service provider, regardless of where they are in the state. That's terrific. Well, I love that y- you lead with joy there. That's the first thing that came yeah. to mind, joy and fun with the staff. That That's fantastic. So what is it that that is energizing you in, in your role as CEO and, and what do you look for in the future? Uh, I get super emotional when I think about um, the people that are working and leading uh, our nonprofits, the volunteers that are, are spending time in our nonprofits. And so what 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 energizes me is to think about how do we do a better job of providing support, providing information, helping to bring our voices together at the state capitol? I get energized by thinking um, that this association can play an even stronger role uh, with our sector uh, and yeah. advancing, in advancing the work of, of of all of the missions that play out through our nonprofit organizations. That's what well, so drives me. Fantastic. Because salute, because think of the impact of a small nonprofit in rural Colorado, that's going to get a slice of that, that 35 million that changes their whole entire organization. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll finish these up with what I call my fab four, my last four questions. The first one is what's something you will read, listen to, or watch today. What's something that I will read, listen to, or watch I have I have been reading um, a great book by Robert Putnam uh, that he came out with last year called uh, The Upswing. Um, 30 years ago, 30-ish years ago, Robert Putnam wrote a great book called Bowling Alone, where he talked about how community is breaking down because people are no longer joining bowling leagues. They're no longer joining you know, the animals groups like the Elks right. Club and the Rotarians. Uh, and what does that look like? And, and fast forward uh, 30 years later, uh, 
the upswing is this amazing uh, book that, that Putnam wrote. And in the opening pages, he talks about the dysfunction of American society, uh, the haves versus the have nots, rich getting richer, poor getting poor, yeah. the dysfunction of politics, uh, the breakdown of values. Uh, and then he says, we could be talking about today's day and age. But in fact, yeah. what we're talking about is the golden age, that period wow. between, you know, 1870 and 1910. And we were in a, in a huge hole. We were, we, it, uh, our country was, um, you know, we had the, the problem with, with robber barons and boss tweed fiefdoms in, in graft and corruption in our, in our, in our local governments. And in fact, we got out of that hole. Um, uh, and for the next, you know, 50 years, right. uh, we saw the pinnacle uh, in around 1950, 1960, and we've been sliding down yeah. that ever since. And so right. we've been in the hole, we got out how do we get back out of the hole? And so yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it, it shines the light on where we are, but there's hope uh, in, in where we could be. So that's what I'm reading today. That there's hope and, and the association's right in the middle of that. So that, yeah. that's uh, apropos. So can you tell me who is a role model for you throughout your career or somebody who's inspired you to do the work you're doing? Christine Bonero is the president and CEO of the Mile High United yep. Way. And I had, Legend. The, right. I had the opportunity to, to work with Christine uh, back in the nineties at the national civic league, uh, the oldest good government organization in the country uh, it, headed by Chris Gates, uh, who is also a, an incredible mentor. And Chris uh, was so influential on so many steps along my professional career, as was Christine. Uh, and then Christine moved on to uh, the Red Cross and she picked me up and, and had me do some volunteer work uh, post Katrina in here in Colorado and then in Florida and, and in Louisiana. And then when she became the CEO of Mile High United Way, uh, she asked if I would follow her there and I jumped at the opportunity. Awesome. She is an incredible leader in our community. The way she thinks about uh, impact and change and bringing people together, uh, she has had uh, more influence in my life than anybody else. That's wonderful. So other than the nonprofit association, is there an organization out there that you really admire or would love to give a shout out to? You're asking me to do a Sophie's choice. <laughs> That's, That's true. That is not a fair question. In your position. That's correct. They are, they are all oh, my geez. favorite organizations. I didn't think of, I didn't think of that. So, uh, I'll you know, how that many, one. how many, how many hours, how many days, how many weeks do we have yeah, for me to go down the list and say something amazing about everything? That Everybody. is truly not a fair question. I won't make you answer. So lastly, if somebody wants to learn more about the association, become a member, which I highly recommend, or and take advantage of all the great stuff you guys do, where can they find you? Uh, ColoradoNonprofits.org um, is, the, is the first place to start. I will say that we are coming out with a brand new website uh, in just a couple of weeks on, on October. In October, we'll, oh, we'll fantastic. launch our new website, but people can absolutely come to coloradononprofits.org. People can reach out to me directly. Um, uh, P. Levine, P-L-H-E-V-I-N-E at coloradononprofits.org. Um, and I'm happy to have uh, all of those conversations. Well, it's like I say, I'm a huge fan. I love what you guys are doing. Keep up the great work. Hopefully I'll get the chance to thank you in person. But Paul, thanks for all this time today. Jay, thank you so much. It's, it's been an honor and a pleasure. 
Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed listening to Paul talk about leadership as much as I did. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity and Event Services. If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help your team achieve its goals, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about the Colorado Nonprofit Association, visit coloradononprofits.org. Check the show notes for links, and if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd give us a thumbs up and leave a review. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better.